invite him to have his will to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost tonight to just ask that God help us focus on what's going on in this sanctuary right now that his will be done Father we love you God what a beautiful presence of your spirit in this place tonight God what an awesome power of your presence shaking up the heavens, God, you're moving and you're ministering, you're blessing and you're anointing. We love you tonight, Lord God. We thank you tonight, Lord. We praise your holy name tonight, Lord God. Father, have your will. Every area of our life, let it be affected by the Holy Ghost tonight. Every part of this service, let it be anointed by the Holy Ghost tonight. God, we love you. We praise your name. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. We greet you tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you for being sensitive, for worshiping, for being engaged in what's going on in the spirit realm tonight. You may be seated in Jesus' name. What a way to start a brand new year of allowing the Holy Ghost to move and minister this morning. Had a great, a great time in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Expecting God to speak tonight. Anybody need to hear from the Lord tonight? More than I know, I need to hear from the Lord. Amen. This morning we talked about the return of Jesus Christ. The title of the message was In Like Manner. That's what the angel spoke to the disciples in Acts chapter 1. When they watched him ascend into heaven, the angel said he will come again. Saints of God, sometimes things are so far away that it's hard for us to even acknowledge that it will be a reality. I asked someone the other day, I said, when are you going to retire? He said, I'm going to work eight more years. Well, you know, eight years seems like it's a long time whenever you're getting up every Monday morning and going to work. But eight years is really not that long. It'll come and go quickly. Jesus Christ promised he would return for his bride... 2,000 years ago and if you watch and you read through the Bible you realize that approximately every 2,000 years something miraculous takes place something extraordinary so if we're closing in on that 2,000 year event as I read through the Bible I think and you correct me if I'm incorrect but I think the next great event is the rapture of the church. Can you imagine? Saint of God, we're standing in the sanctuary not talking about this. What if this year is the very year because we don't know the day nor the hour
Jesus said it was, it's going to be like it was in Lot's day. They're going to get up and they're going to go to work. They're going to go about their daily routine. They're going to marry and give in marriage, right? They're going to save and they're going to plan for a retirement and they're going to go through their daily routine as if God's not coming back for a period of time. And I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do. We're going to get up in the morning. We're going to go about our daily routine and and we're going to plan for a, a long time, right? But could we begin tonight in Jesus' name of saying, God, help my mindset to be that you could come back this week, that you could come back this year. How would we live differently if we know that we're going to retire in six months? If we know we're going to retire in a month, how is our mindset going to shift and change? The Apostle Paul said, Comfort one another with these words. The song says, I can only imagine. When we get there and we're ushered into the presence of God and crowns are given, I do not believe that we will concern ourselves with one hardship that we suffered here on earth. In fact, the scripture teaches us there's no comparison, right? Of what we're going through here on earth. You know, if I could speak to you for a moment, let me remind you, be not weary in well-doing. It's the enemy's will to simply wear you out for you to throw in the towel. And over 20 years of pastoring at this church, I've watched people throw the towel in. You cry with them, you pray with them, you plead with them, but yet something got a hold of them to where they were just simply worn down and they had no energy to fight and they had no willpower to fight and they simply threw the towel in. I'm telling you tonight, some of you all have walked with the Lord all your life and however much longer it is going to be before the presence of the Lord calls you home, it's going to be worth your time. It's going to be worth your sacrifice. It's going to be worth your will to surrender to His will. It's going to be worth whatever it costs you. We've had tremendous, we've had great men, great women in this church that has went on to be with the Lord. And we watched them sacrifice, we watched them work, we watched them teach Sunday school, we watched them at bake sales, we've watched them live a holy life, we've watched them do whatever they 
felt God was requiring them to do to stay the straight and narrow. And their reward has been given. I can't tell you tonight they're in New Jerusalem, but I believe they're in paradise. And I believe New Jerusalem awaits all of us. And I want you to think about this. When when Adam was in the garden, I believe it was absolute paradise with peace, without worry, without fear, without anything to create or disturb the harmony that was there. If God created that here on earth, and he created all that is created for us, I understand it's for his pleasure, but he created this earth for us. What's he going to create in the new Jerusalem? Amen. Have you thought about that? If we're thinking about paradise here on earth with Adam in the garden, what's heaven going to be like when we step on those streets that he has paved with gold? Be not weary in well-doing. Make this your greatest year. Amen. This morning we closed with a set of scriptures or a scripture from Genesis chapter 15. And I want to go back and I want to pick that scripture up and then go forward with this message tonight. And I'm not going to preach long tonight, but I want to remind you what's at stake here. You know, the apostles reminded us that if God did not spare angels, if God did not spare the people of Noah's day, eight souls were saved by water. If he did not spare the, day, the people of, of Lot's day, even Lot's wife, in, in the New Testament, he gives us this, this warning. He said, remember Lot's wife. And just a brief statement, remember Lot's wife. Saints of God, when we realize this world is getting darker every day, you can can believe that or not believe it. The moral fiber of this nation is decaying daily. And we can believe this or not believe this. And this is a positive. This is not a a drag-me-down service. Please don't misunderstand. But I want us to be aware if we know for a fact the direction the world is going and the return of Jesus Christ is closing, what manner of lifestyle should we be living? Amen. Stand with me tonight for just the reading of the word. One scripture. Genesis 15, verse 16, the conversation was between Abraham and God. God was telling Abraham how that his people were going to be without number. He was going to give them all the land. But he said, I'm waiting on something, Abraham, before I fulfill the promise because I've got to be justified in what action I take. He said, Abraham, it's going to take 400 years. After your people grow to a great nation, 
400 years it's going to take for, before I can expel. I want you to get this in your spirit. God, said, God, God spoke it as if the earth was, would vomit these people out. It's, it's as if the earth itself could not tolerate the contaminants and the earth vomited the people out. After four generations, your descendants will return here to this land. For the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. Did you know that Nineveh's sins had come to that level? He said, I'm going to destroy them. He said, but Jonah, I'm going to give them a chance to repent. I feel a, a, a very solemn spirit in this place right now. God said, Jonah, I'm going to give them a chance to repent. And Jonah said, I'm not the, I'm not the preacher. I hope they do burn. I hope you do kill them. And Jonah hitched a ride on a boat. We know the story of Jonah. But when Jonah preached that message, and I wish I had the message, every preacher wishes he had that message. Because whatever he preached and whatever he said turned that city completely around to where they said, not only are we going to fast, every animal in this, in this city is going to fast. We're serious about the we're serious about this relationship with God that we're not destroyed. I wish this nation of ours would feel that solemn preached message of Jonah that would jar this nation to a place of repentance in such a way that every person repents of their sins and turns toward God. We see the mercy of God with Nineveh. We see the great grace of God with Nineveh. He said, I'm going to give them a chance. And Jonah said, I'm not going. And God said, yes, you will go. And today the church is a light into a dark world. And he's wanting us to preach this glorious gospel of grace, this good news to a dark age of people to at least give them an opportunity or let them reject the opportunity, but that we have our hands clean of the blood of our nation, clean of the hands of our people here in Arthur, Tennessee, that we have done our part, we have shined a light, and we preach this gospel unto this city. Pray with me, Father, we love you. God, we need your help tonight. We feel your anointing. God, we feel your power and your authority in here. God, we know you're wanting to talk to this people tonight. We're starting a new year. We're starting this service tonight in a new year on a new Sunday. God, in Jesus' name, speak to us. Prepare our hearts, prepare our minds for this upcoming year and ready this church for revival. Ready this church, Lord, for your blessings. Ready this church tonight for your return, the rapture of the church. We love you. We honor you. We ask your help in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated tonight. I want to minister to you for a little while on the thought, are you ready to go home? There used to be a song, and it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but I was young when I heard it, but it said, I, Lord, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to die. And I don't know what that song meant. That's the only part I remember of it. But I want to go home too, and I don't necessarily want to go by the grave. So if it's all the same with you, I just soon for the rapture of the church to take place and take us all home. How's that? But you know, in Jesus' name, as I speak tonight, I understand the Scripture says for the church to go out and compel them to come in, that his house be full. As you good people sit in the sanctuary tonight and we comfort one another with the words of Jesus Christ's return, we're also sitting in here tonight knowing we've got immediate family members that's sitting at home tonight. Some of them may be drunk out of their mind. Some of them are indulged in sin that, that they're so engrossed with things in their life that if the trumpet of God sounded, they'd never hear it. The Spirit of God moved the church to go home. They'd never feel it, but they would be left here for the tribulation like there's never been before. And if we have compassion, and if we have a love for the people, saint of God, how can we pray even so, Lord Jesus, come? Because we're looking at a nation of people. We're looking at a group of people. You go to work tomorrow with people and you know if God came back tomorrow, they would not be ready to go with you. So what do we do? Because ready or not, here he comes. Right? Ready or not, here he comes. But what you and I have got to do, saint of God, is to be that one that heralds this great gospel of grace that says, God, let me be the vocal. Let me be the one that will voice this. Let me be the one that preaches this. Let me be that shining light into a dark world that somebody may see you through me, that they may see my good works and glorify you which are in heaven. Somewhere, the church body, if we're ever going to be awake, we need to awake. If we're ever going to do anything we need to do it if we're ever going to be a light we need to be a light because the return of Jesus Christ is fast approaching whether it will be in my lifetime I don't know but I can tell you through scripture Genesis 15 16 said that God was waiting for the day when he was justified in vomiting having the earth to vomit the people out and if you read, he gave strong warning to the nation of Israel, do not repeat what they're doing because the earth will vomit you out as well. I asked the question this morning, how are you doing in your relationship with God concerning the things we need to acquire get ready before the return of Jesus Christ. If you are here tonight, saint of God, starting a brand new decade, starting a brand new year, and you're not ready for the return of Jesus Christ, 
what needs to happen in order for you to get ready. I preached the Taswell service today at 2 o'clock. And a gentleman there, the only time I've ever known him is when he was in church. And he's given his testimony at different times. He said he backslid from the Lord. And he said that he was, he was broken up pretty bad in his body. And he, he, made the, he made mention that he credited that to the Lord trying to get his attention. And he said a little over 35 years ago he had backslidden again. He'd gotten in church and got back out. He backslidden again. And he said he was doing speed and something else. And I can't remember what it was. He said he got up to go to the bathroom and he collapsed in the floor. And he said he felt in his spirit God is, a, God is going to remove his hand from my life. And he said he began to beg God to give him strength one more time, to give him grace one more time to get into the church and get this right. And he said the last 35 years of his life has been the happiest of his life. It's been the best years of his life because not only did he come to church, he got in church. Not only did he get into church, but he got into this relationship with God that completely changed him from where he used to be to where he is in his relationship with God. I've heard testimonies of different ones that went through great hardship and they credited the fact that God was trying to get their attention, that God's trying to wake them up. I've heard people say that God had... had called to them, but yet they were running from the Lord. Let me ask someone in here tonight, are you running from the Lord? Are you, have you have anything in your life tonight as we start this brand new year that needs to be left in last year, that needs to not be brought into this year, but any habit, anything that would defile this vessel of clay, anything that would destroy our relationship with God, that would sever our, our covenant with Him? Is there anything in our life that needs to stay in yesterday that does not need to be brought into today? The Apostle Paul said, there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. We don't need to condemn ourselves, But saints of God, we don't need to be willfully sinning before the presence of the Lord. We need to walk in this in holiness and we need to walk in this in purity and we need to walk in this to where we have a relationship with God and we're anointed by His Spirit. The Apostle Paul encouraging Titus that he sets the church in order. He writes this to Titus in chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. He said, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. We are instructed to turn from godless, godless living and sinful pleasure. We are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasure. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. When we're looking for the rapture and we think it's going to take place, this should not be a problem. Amen. But if we're living and thinking the rapture is going to take place 100 years from now, 
or 200 years from now, maybe a little pleasure in this world will be all right. Maybe a little godless living will be all right and we'll make it right before we leave. We have no promise of a tomorrow and today is the day of salvation and we need to make things right today. We need to make things right tonight. We need to get things out of our life that would stop us from going in the rapture tonight. We need to make sure we're ready for this new year with a new mindset and a new relationship and a new devotion to God and say, God, I want to be yours this year. I want to be completely sold out to you this year. I do not want my eyes to stray, my mind to stray, my heart to stray, but I want to hear from you and I want to be aligned with your word and ready for your return. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day and what a day that will be. You know, statistically speaking, he said there's two will be in the field, right? And one taken. Two will be at the meal, right? One taken. He said there was ten virgins and five taken. Saying of God, we've got to have our mind made up. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one. And you know what? <laughs> Great grace is abounding. And God would not that any should perish. And I'm not preaching a message too hard for you to get in heaven. I'm just telling us, let's sell out to God. I want to be better this year than I was last year. I want to do it better this year than I did it last year. I want to get my mind frame changed and turned and going forward better than I had it last year. He said, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our God our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. We're looking forward to that day. Verse 14, he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin. If you would, if you would take just a moment to ponder what I just read. There's not a sin in this world that the blood of Jesus Christ won't cover. That's a lie from hell. I ministered to a guy day after day after day after day. I prayed with him. I pleaded with him. I encouraged him. I instructed him. I baptized him in Jesus' name. And yet he died under condemnation, convinced he had committed a sin that God would never forgive. I'm here to tell you today that your sins can be covered by the blood of the Lamb. 
I'm here today to tell you, you don't have to walk out of here feeling like you're not ready for the rapture. You don't have to leave here tonight feeling like that if God comes back tomorrow that you would miss that return, that you would not hear the trumpet. I'm telling somebody tonight that we can look forward to that day, that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. We can look forward to that day with hope. Amen. Amen. Because my God paid a price that I could not pay myself. And he's not wanting me to earn his affection and his love. He's wanting me to accept it by faith. The Bible says when he returns, he's looking for faith. When I return, will I find faith? Will I find faith here on earth? And somewhere you've got to get into that relationship with God that you have confidence and you have faith and you are persuaded that he has forgiven you of your sins and you're walking free from those sins of your yesterday. They'll haunt you. They'll lie to you. They'll tell you they're back. They'll tell you you've never been forgiven. They'll tell you you've never received the Holy Ghost. They'll tell you there's no hope for you, but I'm telling you what the Word of God says and it says that He has died that we could be free from our sins. He gave His life to free us from every kind of sin to cleanse us, to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. This is Paul speaking to Titus. He said, you must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. So I stand here before you tonight to teach these things and encourage believers to do these. I was with my mother when she passed away. She lived a very humble, a very simple life. Most of us in here tonight probably, if you didn't, Wash your clothes for a month. You could still wear a new outfit every day. Your closet is probably needing to go to the Goodwill. My mom seldom ever bought anything. She lived a very humble life. She was dedicated to this church, but most of all, she was dedicated to the God of this church. She taught Sunday school. She gave to the work of the Lord. She worshiped. She prayed. She sought God. And whatever it cost her to change her life from a sinful life that she was living prior to Jesus Christ, whatever she gave up to get her life right, I'm telling you tonight, she would shout it back to us, it was worth it. And all these great men and great women of God that is living or that has went on to be with the Lord, if they could shout back to Spirit and Truth Worship Center tonight, they'd say, buy another pew. 
Do something great for the kingdom of God. Sing another song, Brother Morgan. Make it loud and make it, make it strong. Preach another message. They tell you to go teach another Sunday school class. Go knock another door because whatever re- is required, whatever you have to give up, they tell you it's worth it. It's worth it to make it home. It's worth it to get to heaven. It's worth it to hear him say it's well done. It's worth whatever it's going to cost us to get there. And Paul told Titus, he said, you must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them with necessary when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what you say. So get this in your spirit. I don't know what bumps we'll hit. I don't know what valleys we'll walk. I don't know what mountains are going to be required for us to climb. But I'm telling you tonight that people work 30 to 40 years on a job getting up on a Monday morning and going about their daily routine and work and they labor in order to retire from a job and be able to enjoy the rest of their life, to be able to have a little bit of something, to be able to eat and have a home and a car to drive and to be able to relax in their older age. I'm telling you tonight, if we can look at this old world as just a place we're passing through and we're going to be here for a period of time and then we're going to retire and my God's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful. Some of you all have done so much for the kingdom of God that's never shouted on the, on the, on the big screen. It's never talked about on CNN. Fox News is not here to interview you, but the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords saw you when you gave somebody a ride. They saw you whenever you blessed somebody. They saw you when you witnessed to somebody. They saw you when you prayed over somebody. They saw you whenever you sung a song, when you taught a Sunday school, when you set up a bake sale. He saw what you're doing and he's going to reward you from heaven. He's going to bless your work. He's going to bless your labor because you are doing it for the kingdom of God. So while we're here, let's work. While we're here, let's plan for a new day. Let's plan for a brighter tomorrow in the church. But let's, be, let's live like Jesus Christ is coming back. The Apostle Paul went on to write in his letter to Titus in chapter 3, verse 4, he said, but when God our Savior reveals his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the works or of the righteous things we had done. So why do we do what we're doing? Not to earn our keep, not to get into heaven, but because we're doing it because we love Jesus. Amen. What a, what a beautiful group of people here early tonight in prayer. Amen. What a beautiful group of people that showed up early for prayer. Saints of God, I'm pleading with you tonight. Let's keep an account of people. Let's, let's keep up with people. Amen. Let's, let's, let's reach out to people. Let's not let people slip through the cracks. Amen. Let somebody, somebody be a mender of the net. That when you throw the net, the net don't have a big hole in it, and it's people sliding out. Let's, let's keep up with people. Amen. Let, let's find out where people are 
if they're not here. Let's find out what's going on. He said, but when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy he washed away our sin, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Ghost or through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, verse 7, he declared us righteous gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Stand with me tonight. I want to take you all the way to the book of the Revelation. I've talked to young people. I've heard young people talk about hoping the rapture of the church does not take place until they're married. Could, could some of you all counsel with them? Now, I understand where they're coming from. This, this is a highlight, right? This is some, we, just got a, we just got an invitation for a young man that, that we love dearly. Getting married in June, is that right? Is that what it said? In June in the Knoxville church, he moved all the way to Colorado to be with his fiance, and he's bringing her back to Knoxville for the wedding. And I hope they are where God wants them to be. How's that? Hey, it's a big day. They're sending out invites to hold the day, save the day, reserve this day because this is our day. We want you to share in it. We want you to be a part of it. Why? Because it's a wedding day. And these two shall be made one, right? The joining of two individuals, and they become one. Think about this. John got this revelation of Jesus Christ. And in chapter 19, verse 7, he said, Let us be glad and rejoice. Give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife made herself ready. What a big deal. Can I tell you tonight, God's not wanting to elope. He's not wanting to take you off to Vegas. He's not wanting you to run down to some wedding chapel in Gatlinburg and get married privately. You know what God's wanting? He's wanting this thing to be a big deal. I'm wanting you to get this in your spirit tonight. God's wanting this thing to be a big deal. Because he's waited, what, some 6,000 years to welcome us in as his bride? He looked at Adam and he said it's not good for him to be alone. He needs a companion. But yet God was without a companion. He had the angels, but he wanted someone to love him. He wanted someone to share an affection toward him, not because they had to, but because they chose to. 
And he said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to pave the roads with gold. I'm going to build the walls with jasper. I'm going to do everything. Oh, it's going to be incredible. Let us be glad and rejoice, give honor to him. The marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. I want somebody to get this tonight. Clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And if you go on over to chapter 21, verse 9, he said, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the, le- the seven last plagues. Now get this in your spirit, because he's about to tell you where we're going to be when the plagues are going to be poured out. He talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride the Lamb's wife. And when you go on through that chapter, I'm not going to read it all, but it gets into all the things. It talks about how heaven's made, how large it is, how great it is, how splendid it is. You know, we went to Vanderbilt, and for that era of time, they said it was somewhere around $7 million when they built that which would be equivalent today, according to the numbers they gave, of $1.5 billion. In all the beauty, in all the artwork, in all the the things that, that make it built more, and people come from all over to see it and pay their good money to walk through the house and view what they lived and how they lived back then because they were Vanderbilts and they were multi-millionaire people. This does not even come close to where we paved. You figure that one up. 1,500 miles square, seven or 12 foundations paved with gold and he said I'm doing it for you I don't need gold streets I don't need walls of jasper I don't need mansions I'm doing that for you come on saint of God think about this we're going to, we're going to squander that away for a hit on a joint we're going to squander that away for a, for a, a, a cheating and lying and deception and perversion We're going to squander that away for a little bit of 15-minute pleasure here on earth or a 20-year of pleasure here on earth. And there is pleasure in sin, right, for a season. We're going to to see people out there that's squandering this away. They can walk streets of gold and have their tears wiped away. And they're going to change for a little bit of pleasure. They're going to live in torment for eternity. God thinks it's a big deal when you live for Him. And he's going to reward you openly. There came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. He talked with me, saying, Come hither. I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone, most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal. 
So I'm asking tonight, what's more valuable than this? What do you have in your life that trumps what God's offering to you? Church, I lived 21, 22 years of my life stupid. Is that a bad word to say from the pulpit? Ignorant. Because God had so much for me. God had so much for me. And I wasn't ready to accept it. But church, I want to get it right. I want to get it right. And if I could just be transparent with you, there's some days I feel like, man, I'm getting it all wrong. I'm getting it all wrong. But I want to get it right. I want to get it right. And God wants me to get it right, and He wants you to get it right. So what's more valuable? What's worth more to you than walking with God in paradise? What sin issue is it in this world today that people will refuse to give up in order to have a marriage supper with the Lamb in heaven? Amen. Let's get this thing right. Let's don't give up the fight. Let's stay the course. Let's be a light of grace, all right? A light of grace and mercy to everybody we come in contact with. I don't know who this message is for other than me. Maybe just me tonight. Maybe you were caught, caught in the middle of my conversation with God tonight. But I want us to pray, and I want us to ask God to help us as a church body. Let's get this thing right. Amen. Let's, let's have parties every Sunday, every Wednesday. Let's have a party in here that trumps anything the world's doing. Amen? Anything the world's trying to do out there is a party. Let's have a better party in here. In Jesus' name, let's pray tonight.